This podcast is sponsored by THX, a globally renowned brand focused on delivering premium entertainment experiences and is passionate about telling the stories of the creators behind great productions. Find out more at THX.com. Well, thanks guys for joining me today to talk about Dr. Strange. I'm here with Shannon Mills, supervising sound editor, Juan Peralta, re-recording mixer, and Nia Hansen, handling sound design. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. thanks. It's really exciting to uh, talk about a film which you hear you hear the reviews before it's out, <laughs> and you know that all those almost a year of work is well paid off. So, yeah. congratulations on having a pre-reviewed film. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, <laughs> and reviewed so well. And reviewed mm-hmm. so well. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So, let's go back to October of 2015 when you first found out about <clears throat> Doctor Strange. Coming in, coming, <clears throat> landing in your in your lap. Uh, early on, me and Nia uh, talked with the our our picture editor, and he had made a list of things that he wanted to get early on. A lot of the magic concepts mm-hmm. uh, in the film, because he wanted to start developing visuals to those sounds. So some of the mandelbrotting, some of the gateways. Uh, Things yeah, like that. Some of the weapons. Do you remember? Oh yeah, he wanted yeah, some, some of the time, weapons and time slices, time sword things. And it's it was fun to work for a while without visuals. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> there were no rules. And there were no rules. We could kind of <laughs> use whatever materials we wanted. There was no visual to have to stick it to. What did they tell you then? What like <clears throat> they would describe sort of what what the things were for and how they worked, but he wanted us to to start developing those concepts early so that while he was doing previs, mm. he could sort of use our sounds with the previs and, and hopefully if if they liked the sounds, they could also mold the previs and then mm. later the visual effects to s- some of the things that we were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, when, when you're in those early stages, you know, there's not a, a deadline looming. You have all the creative freedom to go out and yeah. explore. <laughs> Where did you guys start? We recorded some new sounds and it was fun to work with just adjectives and elements like, yeah. okay, this is going to be sparky, but not a lot of details on, like, <laughs> details on what it's doing, but not what it's going to look like. And yeah. this thing's electric, and this is, you know, space-time, warbling, um, to start with some adjectives and trying to make a visual yeah. around it and an idea around like, it. Mm-hmm. Like, this magic disturbs space and time. It, it, it moves physical matter in a way that physical matter doesn't normally move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, like, use your imagination what that might sound like. And for me, like. working with <laughs> working with sounds from the library and with plugins, it's a different process just going on a, like, a feeling and an abstract idea and yeah. than it is to have a visual and to be working with that visual in mind the whole way. Yeah. If I can just play with the sound and try and... It's a different feeling when you hit... Um, that abstract note, like, oh, yeah, this this is starting to sound <laughs> good. Cool. This is starting to sound good, right? Yeah, the emotion yeah. of it. And you're not you're not so attached to, like, is this matching what that visual is doing? Is this flamey enough, sparky enough? Is it? Yeah. Is gives it you a working? lot more freedom yeah. to start that way. And, and I guess how long do you have until you start committing, like, in terms of kind of a template of the textures and the sounds of <clears throat> the movie? Uh, technically, we have all the way right down to the, <laughs> the, the final mix. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But usually, uh, w- with Marvel and our past experience with them, we're usually uh, by the time they show it the first time to an audience, we've kind of gone over things with them, with mm-hmm. the picture editor, the director, and Marvel, kind of 
shaped their ideas in with the ideas that we've had and, and everybody kind of gets on the same page by that. Yeah, and it's worth period. noting, obviously, you guys have had, you've been on a lot of Marvel films. Maybe you could just tell me which <clears throat> ones you've been working on. Juan, for you. Oh, gosh. Start this with is <laughs> Marvel movie number six, maybe? Yeah, what, it think. started with which? I started with Thor 2. Yeah. And then uh, Winter Soldier. And then uh, Ant- uh, Ant-Man? Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man. Um, Civil War. Uh, what else did we do? What did we do? Uh, I was on all there's those another too. One. <laughs> there's another one in there that I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting. And Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I think that's it. All right. So, it's all, this is all in the span of like a few years. <laughs> yeah, know? this is yeah. Like within the last few yeah. years. Yeah. And there was, Civil War had quite a lot of magical stuff going on. Black right. Panther had some magic associated with his suit and the vibranium. Um, yeah. Wanda had a lot of magic, mm-hmm. so there there was a good chunk of ideas that I came up with on Civil War that didn't make it into that movie, but then I could bring over and kind of tweak and make work for Doctor Strange. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to find this <laughs> moment <laughs> and all yeah. that work. I know, yeah, this is yeah. going to be good for something. Yeah. <laughs> that, happens, that happens a lot, though. Yeah. yeah. Especially it, with sound designers working on multiple movies. Totally. Yeah. And, a, and even working, starting really early on Doctor Strange and being in that creative mode without visuals, I made a lot of sounds that didn't always fit later on but then something else would come up mm. or someone would have a new idea and be like, oh this this thing that didn't work for what i intended it for can be shaped into a new thing yeah and do you find <laughs> that i guess w- when you are working on the marvel films that there is a different sound of a marvel film than any of the other action <clears throat> is it i mean is there really anything that differentiates it in a way i feel like there is we try to give each character yeah. in the marvel world some distinct sound that that carries through because it you know you never know when these characters are going to meet in another movie sure. because the yeah. Marvel universe is so big that they could you know they could have a buddy film or mm-hmm. they could be in an Avengers movie mm-hmm. so we try to make those distinguishable sonically yeah. if we can. Well, there are definitely some signature sounds okay. that Marvel yeah. has that no you know like Thor's hammer is right. one thing, Cap's shields mm-hmm. is one thing. Um, Iron, Man. Iron, Iron Man, Iron Man, yeah, wind up, about him, you know, that. so all those sounds, and it's funny now. This is movie for Marvel movie thirteen or yeah. twelve or whatever. <clears throat> I think when people go to these these movies and they hear those sounds, they're like, okay, this is Marvel, you know. Yeah, it's cool to see, you know, going back to the earlier films you worked on. You know, when you establish those sounds, they yeah. carry through, and obviously working on. A film like Doctor Strange, where it's the first time people are seeing and hearing him. Yeah, he set a precedent for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's kind of fun when you get an origin story. You get yeah. to yeah. just start from with yeah. a f- clean slate. Yeah, the and same thing happened on Ant Man too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like his what shrinking does he and all like? that stuff was yeah. like, oh, this is going to be the sound. And now, mm-hmm. when we did Civil War after that, we were able to bring that sound again. You know, so <laughs> yeah. it happens a lot. Yeah. And um, in Doctor Strange, we, we needed some new signature sounds for uh-huh. him. So definitely the time magic was a big focus and getting like a, a sound for his time <clears throat> magic when he's reversing, when he's starting, when it kind of stopping time kicks, up, yeah. kicks off. Yeah. Mm. yeah, that we can carry through other movies if he reappears. That yeah. that'll be him. Yeah. Like, so hopefully if we've done our job, you'll know he's stopping time right. just when by you... the sound itself. Right. Yeah. And what, did you, what did you guys establish as that sound? <laughs> what was the combination of things? combination of a bunch a of elements of <laughs> that was a bunch of things and um one had to kind of weed through yeah. some of our ideas to get what ma- what fits in there um giacchino had a great score and one of the things with magical sound design is it's so easy to want to reach for 
a musical tonal palette because mm. that's sort of where our brains that's go. That's the easiest and thing to magic. do. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> it's more than likely to clash with the music or just get masked. So we had to kind of come up with sounds for the magic that weren't too much in the, in the <laughs> they were more realm. organic, yeah. not in a musical realm. Yeah. But um, there was a, a musical tone to the, the time magic kickoff. That it's kind really of a warbly, bell-like tone. Yeah. yeah. It's like a whoop, 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 whoop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you find, you know, working with um, director Scott Derrickson, what was that like? I mean, have you guys worked with him in the past and first time? I haven't worked with him in the past, um, but Juan and I interviewed with him Mm -hmm. and talked to him a lot uh, before he started shooting Doctor Strange. And so we kind of got to know him through that talk and Mm -hmm. and through through chatting with him about his ideas. Um, But uh, he was great to work with, very collaborative. He's he was really open to our ideas, and yeah. and he had a lot of ideas too, so it, yeah. it felt very fluid and yeah. And he knew what he wanted, which is great mm-hmm. too when you're working in that environment where it, it, magic, especially, is so subjective and it could be whatever somebody can think it sounds something else, but um, whatever <clears throat> Nia came up with and whatever he was used to hearing, we knew that was it, and so it was easier to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because some directors come, you know, oh, maybe that's, a, I'm not so sure. But really? Yeah, I've never heard that before. <laughs> that's so strange. Yeah, but, <laughs> but so, once he yeah. figured it out. He, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. So what were some of the first major scenes that were to come in early on? I think you're saying the car crash was potentially something that you guys <clears throat> yeah, had to work on early? we got the car crash early. Um, we got Cassilius and Doctor Strange fighting in the New York Sanctum. Mm-hmm. Part of that came pretty that early. Kinda early. And um, the end... The ending sequence with Dormammu in the Dark Dimension came pretty early. We got a first pass on so that. So you have a yeah. beginning, middle, and an end. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And those are yeah. kind of yeah. some big uh, yeah. effects that they big started early. To, and to um, the very opening of the movie in that London Alley fight, we got that pretty early too. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's right. The mm-hmm. opening of the film. So, I mean, how do you guys kind of decide how to divide the scenes among your team how do you manage kind of because whatever, whatever you listen channel the chances but whatever you give to your director and, and the receiving side first is going to kind of determine like how people collaborate based right. off of confidence i suppose right so how do you how do you give them the confidence that you're heading in the right direction <laughs> give the director confidence every i mean oh. just yeah sure well it it's true the first playback i personally the first playback for the director I feel like is the most important playback. Yeah. And that's where I feel like you win or lose <laughs> the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we, you know, when we do early work like that, it's not, for, for us, it's not temp work. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. we know when we play that, that is our, you know, we're, that's our calling card or our reputation right. to start the and movie. And we don't with. have a mixer. Like, one wasn't on, so we have yeah. to cut selectively. You can't just kind of slap everything in there because it's not going to get a mix. You have to <clears throat> play it as if it's going to be kind it's of gotta be very final shape. Sus- yeah, exactly. you you got to be very succinct. And mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, we approach it the same way we do the final mix. Mm-hmm. And luckily, when we were doing those initial playbacks, they're smaller pieces. Mm-hmm. But we, we definitely try to spend as much time... Uh, put our best foot forward yeah and i guess it was well between october when you first maybe got green light to april of 2016 when it was more full-on production mm-hmm. what changes in terms of people committing to sounds or really <clears throat> leaning into 
you know, a direction. Yeah, that we did two or three playbacks for them and uh, turn the. F- it, there was always, as Juan was saying, magic is very subjective. So mm-hmm. that was our first obstacle. It was like, how realistic? Because, mm-hmm. you know, we're morphing materials with magic here. How much of the material do you want to hear versus how much, you know, quote, magic mm-hmm. do you want to hear? Yeah. And I think our biggest challenge was finding that balance, yeah. which was like, that's too real. That just sounds like an Indiana Jones mechanism, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that's too magical. I don't feel the textures of that building. Yeah. And it was finding that balance, which Juan helped a lot <laughs> with too later, right. <clears throat> trying to, you know, yeah. walk that line. Yeah. Sometimes that's having two different layers or, or more than two different layers mm-hmm. for the same thing for Juan to have options to balance that himself. And sometimes it's trying to make... Uh, a magical weird sound out of things that are organic and already sound like a real yeah. ma- solid material. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, I mean, well, just to add on to that, I was gonna say like one of the the major things in the beginning is the bending of the buildings in the beginning, mm-hmm. that first fight scene. So, Juan, like, how do you describe using the space, using dynamics, mm-hmm. building yeah. kind of a, a good flow for a scene like that? Well, that I mean, thank God we had Atmos for that scene there mm-hmm. because. You can get away with moving stuff above you and around you because that's what you're seeing on screen. And um, so I usually when I'm pre-mixing all this stuff, I have layers, like we said, layers upon layers of different things. So I have layers of rock sliding and glass sliding and all that stuff. So more of the, the detail, organic detail. And then I got all kinds of magic on other layers. So, um, and all, you know, and then when I get to the project, by that point now we have a visual that's kind of you know, mm-hmm. leading us to, so my, my thing is, okay, for all this stuff that's moving and bending, let's do the two <clears throat> layers of everything, have it all separate mm-hmm. so that when we do get to the final mix, I want to hear yeah. more magic or I want to hear more rocks. Or I want to hear more glass. <laughs> you have a fader that's just yeah. magic. Right? <laughs> <laughs> got the magic fader, I got the rock fader, the glass, you know, so finding yeah. that balance. Yeah. So, yeah. And mm-hmm. I guess, so Nia, t- walk me through building the sounds of the folding sounds, a lot of different textures. Where'd yeah, you guys go? a lot of textures. Um, we we did a lot of recordings of different materials, different sizes, because mm-hmm. scale was a hard thing to sell as well. But the hard, detail yeah. of like tiny little tiles moving up to big pieces of furniture and like wall panels. Roll, rolling large to, rocks. To, and things to like huge, that. all the way up to <laughs> yeah. buildings, to New York City folding. <laughs> so selling the scale and selling the scale of something that's big, but is far away. Mm-hmm. was also tricky um, and a lot of that came together in the mix like being able to move some of the bigger stuff around us yeah. and having the little detail kind of up front and giving it that space helped a lot mm-hmm. um, but we recorded a lot of different materials and there's everything there's wood there's glass there's stone there's ceramic there's what, everything what, we got the gateways as well which mm-hmm. are very sparky looking mm-hmm. and, and organic based yeah, I tried to make everything kind of from an organic base, both because even if it sounds magical, it gives it a believability because it comes from a sound that we know. Even if in the end it doesn't way. sound familiar at all, <laughs> it comes from sources that are organic. Um, so I try not to process too much and, and start with organic sounds and keep keep some organic thread in it, um, especially because the Marvel Universe has a lot of science fiction stuff mm-hmm. in it. And um, we wanted them magic palette to be different to feel yeah. different i mean how do you even develop start or how do you even start to build a scene like that 
from what you guys are doing when the visual effects, I mean, they're not handing you a finished shot at all. <laughs> no. So, I mean, that's a crazy and just very involved scene. Mm-hmm. Do you continue to grow that design as it, the visual effects progress? Yeah, it, it we, feels like it starts really clean, sort yeah. of marking this, like the the sanctum fight between Cassilius and Doctor Strange is like his weapon, um, the shard weapon. Keeping Dr. it really Strange's clean. Whip and Dr. Strange's whip. Mm-hmm. But then as the visuals come along, you're seeing more warpiness on the shards, you're seeing more sparks on the whip, and you're filling in the little yeah. details. But that bass sound is really clean, Still really. Still background, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then it, it sounds more signature because you're starting with like a, this is the sound, and then you add mm-hmm. in little details The little details after. later. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're always kind of reacting to the, as the <clears throat> picture evolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so one of the other moments that was pretty amazing is when Doctor Strange meets with the Ancient One the first time and there's this astral travel sequence, yes. which seems to just be like, I can imagine what it's like in 3D or Atmos. I saw in 2D, but what is it like to have a scene like that and then just, where, where do you go first? How do you respond to this? <laughs> that, uh, that's a fun scene because you're you're traveling through so many worlds yeah. and each world you know, has different sounds, yeah. and there really aren't any rules no. in that scene. So you can yeah. kind of get weird with stuff. But I think Juan yeah. is instrumental in <laughs> that scene because uh, he's the master of like placement, panning, and and he, there's so much movement in there's that. There's so much yeah. movement, it's yeah, just, it's and that's all in the mix, moving yeah. that stuff. I mean, basically, Josh Gold <laughs> cut that reel, mm-hmm. and uh, he. Uh, he already kind of had an idea of what these like. This was for that one visual cue. This is for that visual cue. And then I would, I would sit with him. He would like kind of guide me. Like this is for that, you know, big purple thing that's flying over. <laughs> our head. Yeah. You know. So I was like, okay, great. So now looking at it in in the mix, I'm giving it size. I'm giving it spatial treatment, and I'm moving it around to match what's on screen and flying it in from other things. So by the end of all the layers that we added, it started to come together, and it was like, oh, okay, this is kind of working now. But you know, it all starts with, you know, <clears> trying <throat> to cover everything you're seeing, and 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 you're like flying with Doctor Strange and kind yeah. of getting that 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 thing. So it was it was you know a lot of layers, moving stuff around. How long is that whole sequence? It's about mm-hmm. that's not very long. Five six minutes. It moves yeah, really quickly. Like mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast. really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and to the and then the same in the same scene. Mm-hmm. Tom Johnson, our other mixer, oh, yeah. did a lot of panning of the Ancient One's dialogue. Right. Because it was, uh, filmmakers wanted it to feel like, um, see, w- we know that Doctor Strange is still sitting in the chair in her room, even though he feels like he's flying through all these universes, and he wanted to feel like she was walking around him or, yeah. you know, <laughs> leaning over into his ear and talking and that sort of thing. So Tom did a lot of panning of the dialogue, which right. isn't something we do often. <laughs> no, no it, to me, it, it was effective because it's really setting, the. it's giving the audience a sense of this is not a, your typical experience. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And you were saying uh, before we started recording about the translation of how it goes from an Atmos to a 7-1 to a home theater. Yeah. yeah. What are the challenges of a scene like that mm-hmm. when trying to have it translate on all the formats? Yeah, well, um, usually, well, the, the, the first uh, introduction to that challenge is when we go from Atmos to 7-1 in the theatrical environment. Right. And um, that, one, that translation was actually not um, super jarring or anything. Mm-hmm. It actually still kind of worked. Um, the biggest thing that you'll notice as you go down 
into the um, smaller formats is the um, the level and and the size of this the, the stuff everything changes a mm -hmm. little bit so you have to make adjustments for that so um, going from Atmos to 7.1 we maybe turn mm -hmm. down her dialogue a little bit you got more speakers working mm -hmm. I mean, less speakers trying to work harder to reproduce that stuff yeah and then as you got all as I got all the way down to the home theater I, you know it was a really big challenge there to turn it down but still keep that movement and that feeling around you in 7.1 what even hap what, what happens even in a stereo fold down on a serial fold, and as long as the, the, the biggest thing there is to not lose any intelligibility, mm -hmm. still keep the story going, and uh, hearing every word that she said basically was the biggest thing. That, that was the most important thing. I mean, I imagine that a lot of people could be watching these on portable devices in the future mm -hmm. once they go out on headphones, yeah. <laughs> out of the speaker of their phone, like who exactly. knows what. Yeah. <laughs> so we want to make sure we hear that dialogue. That's yeah. all we care about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you pay your money to go to see the I'm, uh, or the IMAX or even yeah. the you know Atmos 3D in a nice big theater with a bunch of people having popcorn, you want to make sure you get that a different, a better experience, you know. Yeah. So um, going back to some of the more specific moments uh, and even weapons, we have these what are called the the time shards, which mm -hmm. are kind of these magical reappearing <clears throat> yeah. weapons that they have. Mm -hmm. Where did you go to kind of, or how did you go about designing these? That was one of the most challenging parts of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, you got. You got a big, long glass. Yeah, uh, I have a friend that, that does glass work, so he says, well, some of our materials are these long glass rods. Oh. He says they come, like, pretty, you know, an inch or two thick. Yeah. I said, I need to get some of those. So we brought <laughs> them in. Because um, originally that's sort of what it looked like, these long glass rods, glass swords, spears. So we did a lot of work with those, but not... Not your classic sort of clang clang hits. Right. We did a lot of like um, resonances, resonance, glass, contact mics, lighting, rolling on surfaces to try and like tease some weird sounds out of it that still felt glassy material and hard. Because mm -hmm. um, part of the challenge was to make make impacts that right. didn't sound because it's not a solid thing, but it needs to sound solid and strong. It needs <laughs> to be threatening, and yeah, scary, yeah. Um, I like where we ended up with it. Anyway. Yeah, it was, and it you had a lot of layers to work with. Yes. We yeah. ended up layering that one a lot. <laughs> there's a yeah. lot of different versions and stuff. Because and as you said, mm -hmm. later different things would show up where there's a warpiness to the right. edge of it, you know, so we would add a warp yeah, to those close-ups. We had a, a warpy like layer. We had sort of a, like a beast vocal layer to give it some organic textures. Some scare. We had um, like a really thick, ripping, whooshing mm weighty layer um and we had a, a light almost musical thin sort of slicing layer so depending uh, on what the shot needed and what else was going on in that yeah. busy yeah, fight. if anyone was talking then you lose <laughs> most of those right <laughs> yeah. well one, one of those kind of big moments when it's revealed is that in that new york sanctum the fight scene which was a, a really a, that, that was also another long sequence that you guys had mm -hmm. to battle yeah um a lot and all it's kind of a combination of magic and there's warping going on that's being introduced, you know, for when did that scene, was, it, was that one of the early scenes that came? We did get that one kind of early. Yeah, we, we got part of that. We started some work on it. Uh, yeah, we got the a first pass on the shards and on um, Dr. Strange's whip. Right. Um, and that's when, uh, and, and, and his cape? Is yeah, that's when the cape shows up. The cape shows up there. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
and, and that's yeah, and that's a huge kind of uh, moment, for, I guess, for you guys to give it personality. Yes, the cable was tough. Because it was tough. You can't be too overt with it; like you have to be very subtle. Right. But you, you do want it to have personality. Yeah, you can't really put like a vocal in there because right. it's not gonna. That's gonna be gonna too fit. cartoonish gonna, or something. Yeah, yeah. But. yeah, but we still had to kind of give him some emotion just using cloth elements, and we did record some stuff for that. Was like, that was that in the Foley group or with you guys or a little bit of both? Yeah, yeah. It was a combo platter of Foley, and we did a lot of cloth recording, trying to find a good texture that mm-hmm. emotes, if you will, mm-hmm. try yeah. to make you know positive cloth sounds <laughs> and negative cloth sounds. Yeah. How long did it take until you landed on kind of where you did? <sighs> that came kind of late. That was later. Yeah, yeah. yeah Partially later. because of VFX, because mm-hmm. um, his movement was so important, we needed to yeah, mark it. Yeah, his animation got better and better Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and had more detail in it. So then we could mark some of those details that helped sell that he was emoting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. That one scene uh, when the cape wipes his face, mm-hmm. that <laughs> helps sell a lot. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. visually you're seeing what he's doing, so you kind of get it. And that, well, that, that scene and then the scene when... Um, he pulls Doctor Strange towards yeah. another weapon. Or right. Strange when he's trying him. to make him choose the right weapon <laughs> to fight Vesalius. No, yes. Not over there, over here. Yeah. Yeah. And, th- and there we actually kind of went right to the edge of, of vocalization versus <laughs> movement. Yeah. And um, I think that was successful. That was like, you know, just like more clothy, just whipping and tugging and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it kind of worked. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can ever think of that would be, I mean, and we're close, is like the hat in Harry Potter or something. Where it's like, <laughs> it's <laughs> literally talking <laughs> to you. Right. Yeah. So that, yeah. yeah, we didn't want to go that far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a talking cape would have been a whole other film. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess, spoiler, spoiler alert, at the end of the film, there's this character of uh, Dormammu. 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's our ultimate villain at the end. Yeah, so what can you say about what you were told? I mean, because this is something that's referenced <clears throat> in comic books. People are, they've read about it. They've yeah. seen it. But this is reimagined, and obviously you guys have identified <clears throat> it in a way. Yeah. Dormammu in the film was kind of explained as he's he's almost like a an entity or uh, an atmosphere more than he is an actual being. So like when he's up there speaking with Strange, he's kind of connected to the entire dark dimension. Mm. It's like his arms and legs are all almost, you know. Everything's responding to. Yeah, when he gets mad, everything gets mad and moves and things like that. So he's like a kind of a large yeah. entity. I mean, do you think sorts. this world is different than kind of like how it was in, um, was it not in Thor or like when it's out in space or? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, very different in yeah. that uh, basically it's a dimension that absorbs life. Right. And, and turns it to death. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And everything and, in the dark dimension is moving. Everything's crawling. There's all sorts of particle effects and goo and things are growing like the whole thing yeah. they wanted feels it alive. to feel yeah like everything is moving all around us all the time kind of very alive space yeah yeah, yeah a lot a lot of big like planets moving or big you know and then um, when he's you know strange and that sequence is going from you know one like meteor or whatever you want to call it right. and when he's on it there's all these moving liquidy things around them so all mm-hmm. that it's supposed to represent what Dormammu is. Basically, he's uh, all in all one big, um, the main living source of this whole dimension. Yeah. So it was, it, you know, it was weird. It's kind of hard to kind of fit all that into it, but 
the I think where it all comes together was the sound design that they did with the dialogue. Mm. Dormammu's voice <clears throat> was a big thing. Who was the actor? Mm. You know? uh, uh, yeah, it was actually Benedict. Cumberbatch. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Benedict the voice. <laughs> he voiced no him. Yeah. And um, so they, they we took that uh, performance. And Nia actually did uh, <laughs> uh, several different processing uh, options for the voice. Mm -hmm. And um, the dialogue department also did several different things. And then Tom Johnson did his version of well. And then it was basically layering wow. all these different things. P pieces of each thing. Yeah, yeah it's pretty yeah. kind. Ultimately, yeah, it was Tom kind of, you know, making sure clarity. Yep. You yeah. could understand <laughs> what he was saying, but also they wanted him to sound encompassing. Mm -hmm and large because as we were saying he's he's not just a being he's like a environment mm -hmm. almost yeah, exactly. yeah i can imagine too that people who are have been reading and are just know everything about these characters when they see it on screen for the first time they're gonna take or assume whatever they hear as the real thing as like this is what it's supposed to be because obviously you have so many people behind you who are thinking about it too when it comes to Marvels and the director and there's this whole legion of people that are right. kind of like <laughs> yeah. walking down this path what is it like to have that I mean, like we were saying before earlier like the first kind of pass at the world of Doctor Strange like what are the other considerations that come to mind um well I mean those <laughs> like like you said those guys at Marvel they obviously they've read all the comic books yeah they got this whole storyline that you know only really diehard comic book guys also have. Yeah. And um, Kevin Fahey really has... Um, one of the things that's really interesting is that, you know, we have all these different Marvel movies, all these different directors coming through, but the, the one thing, the one thread that's always there are the Marvel executives. Mm -hmm. So you have Victoria Alonso, <laughs> Kevin Fahey, and Luis Esposito. Mm -hmm. And they are... They're building a huge, big puzzle that yeah. only they know... What, it what the end goal is. <laughs> <laughs> so we could be working on Doctor Strange and creating all these cool sounds or whatever, but Kevin Feige already knows that three movies down the road when he comes back, the thing that was said in this movie is what's going to spark the thing that's going to happen later on. But we don't know that yet, yeah. and nobody knows that yet. Well, I mean, so. <laughs> even, even in the sense like that, that what Doctor Strange has around his neck is an Infinity Stone. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So exactly. that obviously is like, okay, now we see where we're going here. You know, so... But, uh, you know, doing all these sound, we're just, we're, we're, we kind of do it like one movie at a time. And I think that is what they want us to do. They really want us to give um, Doctor Strange his own thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that later on, now they're going to have a palette of sounds and all this stuff when they do, I don't know, the next Avengers movie or wherever, mm -hmm. an another movie where all these characters come together everybody's going to bring their own sound with it. Yeah, so. and we started doing that on Civil War when you yeah. get a, a lot of these worlds colliding, <laughs> yeah. characters coming together. That was the beginning. <clears throat> yes, yeah. so. that, was yeah. that was a taste. That was a taste. And it's fun to explore. Like, So you, you have two signature sounds, like um, Bucky's arm and Cap Shield. So when those come together, that's a new sound. Yeah. When right. Black Panther and Cap Shield come together, that's a new sound. Yeah. Iron yeah. Man and Bucky's arm. Like, these are all, <laughs> all these connecting points are a new sound <clears throat> to explore, which is fun. It's like the... The degrees of separation of, of, uh, <laughs> of sounds, of sound. signature sounds. Yeah, right. well, um, you know, it hasn't really hit yet, but I imagine I mean, when we look at the older superhero films, the Batman's, the Superman's, mm -hmm. films that were done many, many years ago, and there's a certain kind of uh, feel or like 
a time period. Like that was a time period of of then. What do you think? How how do you think these films will hold up in the future? That's a good question. I mean, you know, those movies they were they were kind of for the younger crowd. Yeah. You know. And um, you know, that first Batman that Tim Burton did was a huge huge hit and you know, all the kids went to go see it because right. it was Batman and yeah. you know, um I think that you'd have to go back to the TV shows of mm-hmm. Superman and Batman, which was for a really young audience or whatever as they're going growing up and looking at all these superheroes, and that was all fun, and Spider-Man and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you fast forward to The Dark Knight and all those Nolan movies, they got really dark and really scary, so not so much for kids anymore. Now it's for those kids that used to watch it on TV, now they're older, so it's for them kind of thing. So, but I, I got to say, the one thing that Marvel does really well is to make these movies, even though they, they do have adult themes to sure. it and there are they can be scary and all that, there's still a very good, fun element to it, which I think is what's going to give it the longevity that we are fond of. You know, because that, that Batman, that first Batman um, with uh, Michael Keaton and all those guys. That was funny, mm-hmm. like, you know, and, and, you know, it was fun to see the car for the first time and reimagine all that. That was really fun. Yeah. And so, but, like, and you fast forward to, I think Civil War will hold up really well because it's really funny. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when Spider-Man comes in and, you know, he kind of steals the show, he's hilarious mm-hmm. and all that. So when it's fun and, and, like, you know, you're having a good time, I think movies hold up a lot longer than others. Mm-hmm. I'm just imagining so. generations in the future like, wait, mom, dad, how many films were there? <laughs> like, there's 30 films <laughs> You got to start, do your homework, start with number one. I mean, like the Godfather trilogy, like to me was like a good place to start when I was young. Like, yeah. But that was only yeah. three. <laughs> there's, there's, how many did you say? Oh, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm pulling that off. I'm uh, kind of guessing, but there's a lot. There's like 13 or 14, I think, Started Marvel movies. In 2016. Oh, no, no, no. Not, no, no, no. Oh, well, no, no, until yeah, 2016. Yeah. Yes, yes, so the like fir- their first, first movie Iron was Man, Iron Man. Right? Iron, right. Man. Mm-hmm. Iron Man 1. So we go back yeah. from Iron Man 1 yeah. to Iron Man 2 to Cap 1 and all that. It just it's too many to count. <laughs> it's exciting. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible to look back of all the films you guys have been involved with, which, you know... Would, would you guys have ever guessed that you'd be working on any of these? This I, one told you? I did not. No, I didn't either. I'm glad I am, but I, yeah, I would not have foresaw this. What is no. it? I mean, what do you think it does to you in terms of how you look at uh, sound for film when you when you do work on these films? <clears throat> uh, it. I think for me, it's been good at teaching me how to pick the sound because yeah. there's so much going on. There's not time for covering every little thing happening on the screen. It's like, what's important here? Mm-hmm. Okay, what's important on this next scene? What's important there? And just, you know, focusing the ear. Yeah. yeah. In a I'm, scene. Th- I'm getting better at that from a design <laughs> point of view. <laughs> not like making a sound that's going to be, that's going to work there, that's going to fit in the mix, that's going to fit with the music, that, that doesn't mm. need a lot of work later. Just from <clears throat> the start, picking the right sound, picking an mm. iconic sound that's, that's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me it's been um definitely managing all these sounds and these moments, you know, cuz by the time I get to it and I I do a pass first without mm-hmm. um just concentrating only on sound effects, but when it, when it comes time to the final mix to start and now we got the dialogue nice and big and we have the music coming in for the first time playing all together, mm-hmm. then it's that selective <clears throat> 
process. So with these movies, because they're so busy and there's so much going on, um, you learn that, okay, music's going to take this moment, effects going to take the next moment, give it back to music, and so on, you know, so. It's amazing after even working on so many films that you guys have collectively and individually, you still get new perspectives on Oh yeah. What needs to change? <laughs> Absolutely. I learn Always. stuff every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sitting at the console. It's just like, oh, well, I'll try this. Oh, this is, you know, I, I keep learning. Every movie is different. And mm-hmm. so you learn something different. On every Even movie. in this genre, every movie is so different. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a good chance that one of the three of you is going to work on a Marvel film in the near future. Oh, yes. Yeah, high probability. Yes. Fantastic. Well, uh, thank you so much once again, Shannon Mills, Juan Peralta, and Nia Hansen. Congratulations, you guys. I'm excited to see what the rest of the world thinks because uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in and listening to my chat with the sound team of Doctor Strange. You can hear more conversations with sound designers, composers, and directors on the Soundworks Collection podcast on iTunes and streaming online at soundworkscollection.com. Thanks again to our sponsor, THX, a globally renowned brand focused on delivering premium entertainment experiences and is passionate about telling the stories of the creators behind great productions. Find out more at THX.com.